You've tuned in to When Your Mind Becomes the Scene of the Crime podcast. I'm Dr. Linda F. Williams. I take survivors of abuse and trauma from pain to purpose so that you take back your power, tap into the truth of who you are, and live your best life now. I'm going to make this real quick. I resist most of the time jumping on trends when people are jumping on something that happened in the news, but I have got to address Will Smith slapping the taste out of Chris Rock's mouth on camera in public. First of all, I'm not going to play that clip here because he does a lot of cussing afterwards. I'm sure you've seen this clip over and over again and in the show description below, I have put a link there too. But what I do want to talk about is somebody jumped on this bandwagon and said that he had apologized to Chris Rock. I'm going to play now his apology as he accepted his award, which Given what happened, I would not be surprised if it wound up being the last Academy Award he ever received. Here's the acceptance speech. And the Oscar goes to... Will Smith! Richard Williams um, was a fierce defender of his family. In this time in my life, in this moment, I am overwhelmed by what God is calling on me to do and be in this world. Making this film, I got to protect Ingenue Ellis, who was one of the most, the strongest, most delicate people I've ever met. I got to protect Sanaya and Demi, the two actresses that played Venus and Serena. I'm being called on in my life to love people and to protect people and to be a river to my people. Now I know to do what we do, you gotta be able to take abuse, you gotta be able to have people talk crazy about you. In this business, you gotta be able to have 
people disrespecting you. And you got to smile and you got to pretend like that's okay. But Richard Williams, and what I loved, thank you, D. Denzel said to me a few minutes ago, he said, at your highest moment, be careful. That's when the devil comes for you. It's like, I want to be a vessel for love. I want to say thank you to Venus and Serena. I just spit. I hope they didn't see that on TV. Um, I want to say thank you to Venus and Serena and the Tyre Williams family for entrusting me with your story. That's what I want to do. I want to be an ambassador of that kind of love and care and concern. Um, I want to apologize to the Academy. I want to apologize to my, all my fellow nominees. Um, this is a beautiful moment and I'm not I'm not, I'm not crying for winning a, an award. It's not, it's not about winning an award for me. It's about being able to shine light on all of the people, Tim and, and Trevor and Zach and Sanaya and Demi and Ingenue and the entire cast and crew of King Richard and Venus and Serena, the, the entire Williams family. Um, Art imitates life. I look like the crazy father, just like they said. <laughs> I look like crazy father, just like they said about Richard Williams. Um, but love will make you do crazy things. Um, to my mother, um, a lot of this moment is really complicated for me, but uh, to, to my mother, um, she didn't want to come out. She was, had her knitting friends. She has a knitting crew that she's in Philly watching, <laughs> watching with. Um, um, being able to love and care for my mother and my family, my wife. Um, I'm taking up too much time. Uh, thank you for this honor. Thank you for this moment, and thank you on behalf of Richard and, and Orsine, the entire Williams family. Um, thank you. Uh, uh, Hope Ying Academy invites me back. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so here's the deal here, y'all. First of all, I never heard him apologize to Chris Rock. He let, put a list of people in there. He should have apologized in public to Chris Rock. First, let's deal with the fact that Chris was wrong anyway. If she's got alopecia, which is an autoimmune condition, 
then you should not be making fun of people who have an illness. Even if that illness doesn't appear that it reduces their quality of life. We aren't there to know how this has affected her. So Chris is wrong. Straight up. Now, I'm going to also say here that I personally have had a problem with what comedians used to do that kept us laughing at ourselves, which is nothing wrong with that. They can no longer do. Now that I've gotten off that soapbox, let's move on. Chris should not have done that. But see, this is what I tell you guys about the importance of our not becoming the wrong that is done to us. Now, we're not even going to talk about the fact that the camera showed him laughing his butt off. Clearly, we didn't see what was behind that laughter. That's frightening enough, okay? But he got up, went up. Now, you have to spend time to get up from your seat, climb up on stage, slap the mess out of somebody, turn around, sit down. Now, that's one thing, y'all. But then you get to your seat and you talk about cussing this guy out and saying the F word twice about keeping your wife's name out of his mouth. That whole thing went on way too stinking long. I'm going to offer here that that had nothing to do with Chris Rock, that whatever the heck drove Will Smith to act out like that had something to do with something in his past, whatever. Did he have a bad day? Who freaking knows? Okay. But once he did that, he's going to come back and he's going to cuss and, and cuss the man out twice. Then you have had ample opportunity to put a stop on that behavior, a stop on that trigger, and make a decision to act better than you did. Chris is wrong, you wrong, everybody wrong up in here. And to me, he owes Chris an apology. Now, this is the deal, y'all. I once sat in a national meeting. I was a labor leader. I was the president of our union. And so I would deal with our big wig. Well, I had a government job, just so you know, a federal government job. And we would deal with the big wigs, wigs in Washington and at headquarters about conditions that affected all the employees nationally. In one of this meeting, and to this day, I can't remember what this guy said, but one of those big wigs at the table in public said something that I found to be extremely demeaning and undeserved. How I handled it was I, when I got back, cause we had to, I had to travel all the way back to Michigan, finish all the meat, yada, yada. I wrote him an email and I was not evil in it. I was highly professional, clearly just telling this guy to boil it down. And it's you were wrong. I did not appreciate what you said and how you said it. And I deserve an apology. So he wrote, writes back all apologetic and everything. I said, no, you belittled me in public. I want a public apology. I got my public apology. So when you do somebody, something wrong to somebody and you do it publicly, then you do the apology publicly. Okay? Here's what a true apology should look like. 
When you apologize to somebody, you acknowledge that you know that you have offended, hurt, whatever the heck happened. You own what you did. Cut it off there. You do not get to give excuses for that. What I heard in Will's speech was a bunch of excuses. Well, I'm the protector and I learned to protect and I never did get the connection between him and Mr. Williams, you know, Venus's father being a protector. You know, maybe he did, but that's what a man does for his kids generally. I'm saying that he had a whole bunch of excuses and not one time did he own the gravity of his behavior and not one time did he apologize to Chris Rock. I'm just so through with him on this thing. And a true apology is two parts. Part number one, you acknowledge what you did and you acknowledge how it affected the person that you hurt. The second part of that, it, like I said, cut it off there, no excuses. And the second part is you ask for forgiveness. P please forgive me. And then you leave that alone. Now, you might apologize to somebody today and they have been so highly hurt and offended by whatever you said or did that they need some time. And guess what? You don't get to cut that off from them. You have to back off and allow him to deal with that. Number two, they may or may not forgive you. You have to go on with your life. You did it. You owned it. You apologized. You asked forgiveness. And now whatever happens to that relationship from there on out, it's pretty much in their hands. I heard none of that from Will. I feel that Will Smith owes him a public apology for what he did. Period. I want to add in here that Chris needs to apologize publicly to both Jada and Will. As I said, there are two wrongs here, and I believe that a straight-up correct apology issued publicly to both Jada and Will is in order. So all of this applies to Chris as well. I want to be fair here. Now, I honor, you know, even though Chris was wrong, okay, uh, really, he didn't say anything that offensive. He's a comedian. That's what they do. But still, he was wrong. She rolled her eyes. Will laughed initially. Go to the link that I give you below so that you, you can see his reaction. At first, he was laughing. The next thing you know, he's getting up and going up on stage. Look, that is beyond the pale behavior. Now, in some of my other videos I talk about, you know that you're observing or are in the throes of a trigger when your response to a situation is far and above what's called for. That's what we saw last night. Now, let's talk about him using this excuse of protector. Okay, nobody was threatening his wife. There was no physical harm that was going to happen to her. And he had no right to so-called protect. Now, if you listen to his book, and I'm going to give it to him, his book called Will is pretty darn good. I'm listening to it, and I have to get back to it to listen to it. But in previous interviews and also in his book, he talks about the fact that most of his life, even growing up, he felt like a major failure.
I'm a big failure. I'm a big failure. I'm a big failure because he felt like that he was a coward. That's his word, a coward for not having successfully protected his mother from the physical and mental abuse of his father. He lived in the household. Now, what are we talking about? Complex post-traumatic stress syndrome. When the, when the trauma occurs in childhood, it interferes with your developmental growth. On some, on some level, you get stuck there. But really, there could be two people in the exact same situation as he was, even in the same house, and each one of them would have coped with or failed to cope with that trauma differently. For him, he took on false responsibility. Let's talk about that down the line in another video because that is one thing that often affects trauma survivors. So he took on the false responsibility for protecting his mother. And he apparently carries that to this day, even though if you see the book, even though if you listen to some of his interviews, he speaks as if he has dealt with that trauma. And you guys, this is a prime example of how trauma can take you over and just hijack you on a dime. You're going to be doing just fine th thinking you're over it, thinking that you processed it, really. You might th think that you're completely healed, and then, bam, out of nowhere, an over-the-top response hijacks you in the moment. Now, in his situation, I am disappointed in Will. I think that he acted so far out of character that, it's just beyond the pale. But at the same time, y'all, come on. Really? I've been there. Now, I ain't beat nobody. Well, shoot, when I was growing up, there was a girl that had braces on her legs that beat my behind every dadgum day. I was scared of her. You know, and like I said, back then, I don't know if it was polio or what, but she had that those metal braces from like the 60s on each leg, and she would beat me up every day. So I ain't fixing to be hitting on nobody, starting no fight, knowing I'm fixing to lose, okay? So I'm not going to act like that, generally. Generally. <laughs> anyway, but we go off and we we have these triggers. And when you see one of those things hijacking you, we know we have more work to do. And it should always begin with sitting our behind down, owning our behavior, asking forgiveness if that's required in the situation, and spending some, a lot of time trying to figure out where the heck did that come from? Because this is how triggers work. I could have been hurt back in 1969 by some person that's already dead. But something happens in 2022 and it's like a great big huge rubber band in my back. And in a split second, that rubber band snatches me back to 1969. And I'm acting in 2022 as if I was way back in 1969. That's my best way to describe it. So now I got work to do to figure out what is the root of that hijacking. 
and then walk through the steps necessary for me to heal that thing so that it's not coming back and, and hijacking me in the future. So I just wanted to deal with this from a different perspective than gossip, okay? I will end this with this. Your best intention will never outweigh the effect of your behavior on others. So in other words, it doesn't matter how well-intentioned you are. If you do something in the middle of a hijacking that is hurtful to others, then that damage is freaking done. The damage is done. You can't take that damage back. So when people say, well, you know, I didn't mean to, I didn't intend to, but you did, dadgummit. You did. And now you have to own your responsibility in that. So your best intention will never outweigh the impact of your behaviors on others. The damage is done. So what I have done and who's happening in any way is I have given you two tools that really work. See, this is not all oh, you need to heal and you need to spend time uh, self-love. You know what? Bottom line is that book is emotional intelligence for trauma survivors all day long. And as I walked through writing that book for seven years of my life. I healed and I got writer's block when it was some other level of healing I needed to come through, some other new realization about myself. And a lesson until I did that, even if it took months, I could not write more on that book. Okay? So we want to be, be careful to see one of the tools will help you to stop yourself mid-trigger. I call it the shut up, suck it up, and listen up moment. And I had many of those before the book and after the book and many during the book. Okay? So we don't want to keep putting stuff out there that's going to come back and slap us in the face. Now, I believe you all get me corrected on this in the comments if I'm wrong, but I believe this is Will's first Academy Award win. He has been nominated in the past, to my understanding, but like I said, get me right in the comments if I'm wrong. Uh, but this is his first win. And what is there on this win? There is the stain of a hijacking that caused him to act immaturely and harmfully in the middle of a situation. Oh, this is what I want to also deal with. In his acceptance speech, he mentioned that Denzel Washington told him, man, be careful of some of your greatest moments when the devil shows up. No, let's quit blaming the devil. Look, this is how it works. All the devil got to do, if we want to talk to the devil, is to keep you off focus so that you don't see where your path of purpose is. Because he know his goose is cooked if you ever wake the heck up and see where your path of purpose is and start walking in the right direction towards your destiny. So all he's got to do is throw up a smoke screen here, a trigger there, a hijack in there, and then set up those situations for you to be off focus. And then whatever you do in the middle of that, you did. You did that. The devil didn't do it. Flip Wilson used to say, the devil may be doing that. I want to always say, but you going to pay the consequences. You don't get to blame somebody who made you do something because Will himself put something out there a while back talking about 
It doesn't matter who did, did you wrong. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. It's your responsibility now to work through that. That's the bad thing about any kind of abuse or trauma, childhood trauma especially. Once somebody does that damage to you, not only do they change the whole trajectory of your life, but they also throw responsibility on you for the healing. They can't make it up to you. They can't change it, even if they wanted to. So let's not talk about the devil, the devil, the devil. Will, you did that. You need to own that. You need to do the work to, 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 to deal with how come you got triggered like that in public at such an event and just stained a momentous moment in your entire career. Now, if the Academy ever allows him back, I'm just wondering if anybody will ever vote for him again. I don't know. So like I said, it's the impact of what you do that you can't take back and it out there, whether you intended to do it or not. Okay, y'all, I'm done preaching for the day. Uh, I just wanted to get this out there while it was on my mind and I'll be out again later on this week for another video. I uh, just can't thank you guys enough. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll see you later. Always remember that your greatest power is realizing the truth of who you are. Own it. Thank you for joining us today for When Your Mind Becomes the Scene of the Crime podcast. To contact Dr. Linda, just go to whoseapple.org that's w-h-o-s-e-a-p-p-l-e dot org 